words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The writer Anne Lamott uh, wrote in one of her books that she had two favorite prayers. One she said in the morning and one she said in the evening. They're simple prayers. The first in the morning she said, help me, help me, help me, addressing herself to God. And she also addressed her final prayer of the evening to God, which was, thank you, thank you, thank you. These two prayers could sum up, in some ways, the action and message of our gospel today, in which the lepers who were not healed stood at a distance and yet called out to Jesus, called out to Jesus to help them, to heal them. The ten called out for help, but the one who becomes the focus of the lesson today, the one who was both a leper and a foreigner, was the only one who turned back, not ending with help me, but ending with thank you praise and gratitude to the true high priest, Christ Jesus. In that region in between Samaria and Galilee, which really just means a border where the lepers hung out to, in isolation from those who were healthy, and in those days leprosy was used to talk about all kinds, a wide range of illnesses. But those that were considered contagious were isolated with those who were already sick. And there they made connections and bonds, little bands of, of, of community in, in mutual misery. So for whatever reason that day, perhaps they'd already heard about Jesus is healing, perhaps out of desperation, who knows why, the ten that saw him, who knows that there were others, but ten of them called out, heal us. Jesus told them to go on their way, and they did. And they were cleansed physically of their illness as they were walking. Like I mentioned, only one turned back. What we know about this one was that he was a Samaritan, which means considered sort of a mongrel, somebody who belonged to no one. And we know for that reason he was considered a foreigner. I won't go into all the social, geographical, political reasons why they were considered that way, but they were considered less than. To have leprosy 
made him a double outcast. Doubly outcast from the social, from society, from those who were considered inside the range of normal and respectable. What we know about this foreigner is that he noticed that he was healed. And he didn't just keep going. He noticed that he had been healed. He paid attention to the work of God in his life and didn't just keep going to on the way, didn't just keep going to the temple, the institution, doing what was supposed to be done. He noticed, he truly noticed the work of God in his life. And in that noticing, he turned back towards Jesus. Didn't just say, help me and keep going. He turned back towards Jesus to recognize the true healer, the true high priest, the true one that could take away his social isolation and declare him whole. So he noticed he was healed. He turned back toward Jesus. And while he was turning, walking back towards Jesus, he praised God in a loud voice, praising the work of God, proclaiming his thanks, proclaiming his acknowledgement of the healing work of God in his life. And then, humbly and very visibly, he prostrated himself. He threw himself before Jesus, recognizing the gift that had been given him. And then, and this is the focus, really, of the story, he thanked Jesus. Thanked Jesus. The late theologian Karl Barth in his church dogmatics wrote that the basic human posture toward God should be gratitude, is gratitude. It's not fear and trembling, as some would say, or guilt and shame, as others would say, but is gratitude. Is the basic human response to God. He said, what else can we say to what God gives us but stammer our praise? And yet we forget. We forget to do that. And this gospel reminds us that we are to notice the work of God in our lives and in that noticing, turn back towards Jesus. And in that turning back, praise God. And in that praise, recognize the power of the love and grace of God. And then be grateful for it. There are many ways to be grateful. There are many ways to go and participate in that healing love many ways in this world that call us to be witness to the love and healing of God in this world. And it doesn't mean that we have to wait until the world is perfect. The 
world can be going to Hades in a handbasket, and we are called to praise God and thank God for the grace and the healing in our lives. The gospel, though, tells us that we can't be truly saved without gratitude. In many places in the Bible, and certainly today, being made well, being made whole, and being saved are interchangeable. And Jesus, to the Samaritan leper, said, your faith has made you well. And so Jesus himself equates gratitude with faith, or at least as part of a true faith. The Greek word used to describe the Samaritan leper's faith is the same word that we use for Eucharist, for the Holy Eucharist, which we gather together Sunday after Sunday and some weekdays to give thanks. It's the great thanksgiving. And we are reminded that it is meet and right so to do, to give thanks to God by gathering together and uplifting each other and gathering the strength and the nourishment through word and sacrament to go out and acknowledge and see the work of God in our world, no matter how broken it may be. We are to point out what we can be thankful for, the work of God in our lives, and in that thanks, gain strength continue the journey of faith. Giving thanks, in fact, gives us strength to continue in the way of love, which is Christ, no matter what's happening in the world. This, one of my favorite books is from Sarah Miles. And she describes how, as a total atheist, she had been raised an atheist, she had lived her whole life into adulthood as an atheist, and then one day she walked into Episcopal Church for some reason, and for some reason they let her participate in communion, and in that participation, she became a believer. She was included, she gave thanks for that inclusion, and she started to work for that church. That was a church that let in the outcast as she saw herself, an atheist. And the church that she entered into was a church where even the priests there sort of broke any mold or stereotype you might have of an Episcopal clergy person. They too were outsiders in their own way and 
she became friends with one of them, and one day she asked him, she says, how can you, why didn't you give up on a, a church that marginalizes you in many ways and sees you as an outcast, as a foreigner? And he replied to her playfully, honey, I know who my shepherd is. I think we are called today as the leper, as that priest, as others who have done before us to remember who our shepherd is. Beloveds, remember who we must truly give thanks to, who our leader, who the high priest, who the healers, who the powerful in love really are. And they are God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they are worthy of our praise and thanks. When we look at the news of the world, sometimes it is easy to to be dismayed, we're overloaded with all kinds of news and all kinds of things that are going wrong in many ways, and yet we're called to be aware and to notice when there is healing that occurs in our world and to give thanks for it. There was a good news story this week, I'm not sure if you saw it, it was about a professional marathoner from Kenya who broke the previously thought impossible barrier of a full marathon under two hours. He broke the time limit. They thought that it was impossible to break this, that it was humanly impossible to run the 26 plus miles that are a marathon in under two hours. And in fact, nobody has ever done it before, before this week. Eliud Kipchoge, a professional marathoner who had run and broken many records, was encouraged by his trainers and by other professional runners to take the challenge. And not to take the challenge to break a world record because, because he wasn't running in an open marathon. The course was a set course just for him. They encouraged him to do it just to prove that the impossible could be done and what the human body could do potential of the human body to break these limits. And so this past week, I don't know, I think it was something like 41 professional runners. Now, do you know how competitive professional runners are? They are incredibly competitive. And yet, about 41 of his, his rivals showed up in Vienna to set his pace for him. They ran with him for most of the marathon 
ahead of him in um, turns, they took turns to help him keep going at a pace that would break the two-hour barrier. And then at the end, they all just stopped so that he could cross that line, which he did by himself, and take the credit. These incredibly competitive people had to help him or he wouldn't have been able to do it. The one person in the world who could break that barrier still needed help to do it. And his rivals were willing to help him do it. That's the good news story from this week, and it applies to our gospel lesson today because with our rivals, with all the energy of the foreigners and the outcasts, of those different, of those we consider our competitors, we can notice the potential of the human spirit and break barriers that have never been broken before for the good of the world. Against all the isms and all the hate and all the barriers that keep us from being the world that God calls us to live in and to be. So we come together in this Eucharist of thanksgiving asking for the strength to notice the work of God at loose in this world. To remember to turn back to the true healer. To give praise even in the midst of limitations and brokenness. To be humble before God. To give thanks to be made whole, and to remember never to stop with just help me, help me, help me, but to say at the end of every day, thank you, God. Amen.